Hey, what's up? This is Mario He, and this is the very first episode of the Skyrocket Leadership Podcast. And so I'm excited for this very first one. I hope you are too. And so on this first one, I'm going to give you my origin story and what the purpose of this podcast is for, because there's a lot of leadership podcasts out there and they are great. And so why would we need another one? And hopefully the way that we're going to do this podcast is going to be a little bit different as we're going to focus primarily on a leadership lens through emotional intelligence. So before we get into all that, a little bit about me. Again, my name is Mario Hood, and I have been in the leadership field for uh, about the last 10 years and have done a lot of leadership in the nonprofit sector, uh, so specifically for churches and youth ministry and young adult ministry, and also um, have had a business on the side and do a lot of leadership coaching when it comes to business and marketing. And that's all to say that I love leadership. I love helping people discover the potential that's inside of them and how they can become the best that I believe God has uh, intended for them or wants them to be. And so my journey started, uh, grew up single mom, single parent household, And so at a very uh, young age, learned to do a lot uh, by myself uh, because that's just the way we had to live. And with that came uh, an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I've always wanted to be in business, always wanted to do something great Um, and went to college, uh, shifted uh, my original plan just a little bit uh, because I felt a call to go into ministry and so set business aside for a little while and then picked it back up. Um, in about 2010. So I graduated college in 2007. And uh, for the first three years after that, I didn't really work in uh, a church environment, um, but uh, worked in the business world, uh, learning some skills that could actually translate into the church world, which is really just about people. And so sometimes when people ask me, how does ministry and marketing go together? Well, they both deal with people. Obviously, a little bit different things, but uh, at the end of the day, everything we do is about people, and that's what my thesis on leadership is, is it is a uh, relationship of people, and so with that transition, let me tell you a little bit about what this podcast is going to focus on, and that is exactly that, is relational leadership, specifically through the lens of emotional intelligence. And so here's the definition of relational leadership that I'm working with right now. Uh, Walter Wright uh, wrote a book called Relational Leadership, and he says this, leadership is a relationship between a leader and a follower, ideally. A relationship of a shared vision, shared responsibility, and shared leadership. I think that uh, over the last 20, 25 years, leadership has become a hot topic. Again, there are many great podcasts on leadership, but I think also leadership has been uh, regulated to a certain type of people where you have to be born a leader. And while there are some people out there that just seem like leadership is in their DNA, that they are born to lead, 
everything in our life, including the skill of leadership, is developed over time, and it's developed through relationships, and it's developed through environments. And so at the, at the foundation of what we're going to talk about on this podcast is that leadership is a relationship that's based on uh, at least two or more parties. And it goes both ways, because if you're a leader, but there are no followers, then you're not a leader, even if you're leading yourself. So we can have great ideas and we can have great thoughts, but if we're not executing on those thoughts, even if we're leading ourselves, then nobody is following. It's just a great idea, which isn't necessarily bad, but there's no action to see those ideas come to pass. And so when we expound relational leadership out, followers are no less than leaders and leaders are no greater than followers because it takes both in order for leadership to happen. And that can be in anything. That can be in business. That can be in ministry. That can be in your home because if you're a parent, you're just as much as a leader as somebody that runs a business. So that's relational leadership. Lynn Sweet says this. He's a great theologian, and he says leaders, specifically in the church, are actually first followers of Jesus. In his book, I Am a Follower, he says this. We have come to believe that we have a leadership crisis while all along we have been in a drought of discipleship. The Jesus paradox is that only Christians lead by following. Again, that's from theologian Lynn Sweet and I am a follower. And it's just uh, basically what I just said uh, in, a, in, a, in a better and more elegant way, especially for Christian leaders. We have to be the first followers of the Holy Spirit, the first followers of Jesus, if we're really going to lead anybody else. And so leadership as a relationship of being spirit-led gives us the ability to help other people be led to Jesus and by Jesus. This brings me back to the idea that leadership is a relationship. No matter if you're in the church world again or the business world um, or you're following someone or maybe something like a vision or a mission statement or desired outcome, but you cannot divorce the human, the human being from the process. And therefore, as relational beings, we need to focus on becoming relational leaders or becoming better relational leaders. So here's how emotional intelligence ties into this framework. Emotional intelligence, uh, and the definition I'm using is from the MHS Incorporated, Multi-Health Systems Incorporated, because uh, that's where I got certified as uh, EQI 2.0 and EQ360 uh, Emotional Intelligence Certificate. And this is how they define emotional intelligence. And the reason that I love the MHS version is because it's a scientific-based version uh, of trying to develop emotional intelligence. And this is what it says. Emotional intelligence is a set of emotional and social skills that collectively establish how well we perceive and express ourselves, how well we develop and maintain relationships, how well we cope with challenges, and how we use emotional intelligence in a meaningful and, effect and effective way. Emotional intelligence is not about being emotional. It's about being effective in our lives no matter what roles we are playing. And now I know some of us uh, get squeamish when we hear the word roles, 
but just hold on a second and I'll define what that means. So let me get a little technical with emotional intelligence right now. In the MHS systems, there are five component scales. If you're watching this right now, you're seeing the five scales on a video. And if you want to see the five scales, just go to mariohood.com slash podcast and you'll see these scales uh, for yourself if you're listening to this. So the five composite scales, so the five major scales are self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal, decision-making, and stress management. So those are the five major scales. We call those composite scales. And underneath those composite scales are three subscales. So you have 15 subscales altogether. Now, I'm not going to go into all of them right now. We will get to all of them as we continue uh, in this leadership podcast. But the one I want to focus on for today is the stress management composite scale and underneath that is flexibility stress tolerance stress tolerance and optimism all right so the three subscales that make up the composite scale of stress management again is flexibility stress tolerance and optimism doctors uh, McAdams and McLean they're in the associate of psychology psychological science journal defines narrative identity as this, is a person's internalized and evolving life story, integrating the reconstructed past and imagined future to provide a life with some degree of unity and purpose. I'm gonna tie all this together in just a second, but let me read that again to you. So all of us basically live our lives by the narrative that we tell ourselves the stories that play out in our lives, whether they're uh, outside stories or inside stories, which is called self-talk. We're all driven by narrative. That's why in the church we have the Bible, and it's written as a narrative, a meta-narrative of God's story. That means it's all about God. We enter into that story and find ourselves in the world of God. So as leaders, we need to understand that all of us are driven by stories. We're driven by the narrative of our life, how we grew up, the circumstances in which we grew up, how we develop out of that or how we didn't develop out of that and how we're still struggling maybe with some things from the reconstructed past that's either adding or hindering our imagined future. So that's what narrative identity is all about. The stories in which you tell yourselves and how you live them out. EI, emotional intelligence, again, is not about being emotional. It's about being effective in our lives no matter what role we are playing. So the narrative that you tell yourself defines what role you're playing, right? So some of you that are watching or listening to this are mothers and fathers. And so you play out that role in a certain way, either in a way that your parents or lack of parents or lack of guardians in your life fed into you or the way in which they fed into you. You play that out, right? So you may be a business leader and the way in which you tell yourself that you're going to lead your business or not lead your business defines the way in which you play that role. And so in the emotional composite scale of stress management, 
we have things like flexibility, stress tolerance, and optimism. And the one I want to focus on is flexibility today because flexibility deals with how well you're able to move in and out of the narrative that you're telling yourself or that you're a part of in any given moment. So work. This helps us deal with, and when, when we're talking about flexibility at work, it helps us deal with deadlines or juggling the many demands you place on yourself as an employee or as a leader or as an entrepreneur. So that comes from a book called The EQ Edge. And you can read a lot of this in that book. It's a great resource to have if you don't have it. At home, how does flexibility play out? It gives you the ability to maintain a busy household and be mindful of your physical health, right? So sometimes you leave work and you're wanting to go home to a less stressful environment, but sometimes it's more stressful than it was when you were at work. And so the narrative and the role you're playing will define how you interact with that stress when it hits you. And the EQI 2.0 scale of flexibility, this is what it's defined as, as the ability to adjust your emotions, thoughts, and behavior to changing situations or conditions, right? And so here's a great example from the business world. If you've never read the story of Bill Gates, read it. It's in the EQI uh, Edge or the EQ Edge book, but you can Google it as well. And here's what I want you to understand. When Bill Gates was asked about the possibility of the Internet and what the Internet was going to be, he basically said this, that it was too much data was going to be needed in order for the Internet to work. And so instead, he was going to focus on just software to make the computer work. And in a short time later, the Internet exploded. And while Bill Gates still continued to build Microsoft Word and Microsoft Outlook and the, the uh, system, the, I, the, the computer system of Microsoft, he also launched Internet Explorer. And for those of us who are old enough to remember Internet Explorer, it dominated the Internet access scene because Gates was flexible enough to know that, wow, I was wrong in the situations that are playing out right now tells me that I need to get into the Internet market if I want Microsoft to continue to succeed. So being flexible is really about having the humility to understand that the way I see something, the way the story is playing out may be different than what I originally intended. Therefore, I need to change course in order to not get stuck in this chapter of the story because this chapter of the story is closing and a new chapter is opening. So being emotional intelligent enough as leaders to understand when something is changing and when my role needs to change is a huge asset to have and something that can be developed. Here's three questions that I want to leave you with. If you were to change just one thing about yourself, what would it be? If you were to change just one thing about yourself, 
what would it be? How do you think, question number two, how do you think this change will impact your life? How do you think this change will impact your life? And number three, centering on that single change, how would you go about it? Who could help you put this into place? And what would that other person do? Right, so number three, centering on that single change, how would you go about it? Who could help you put this into place? And what would, what would that other person do? All right, so when you get those questions, when you answer them, then I want you to go to that person or those persons and tell them that you're working on your flexibility, that you're working on your emotional intelligence and specifically your ability to be flexible in situations in order to grow your capacity to change with will help, which will help your stress management overall. Let that person know or those persons know that the change you want to implement, the change that you want to implement in your life and ask them to hold you accountable and set a date for a check in on your progress. Now, if you see the way that these questions are formulated in these actions, I don't just want you to have a great thought or to have a great question. I want you to have action that gives you feedback if you're going towards your goal or if you're going away from your goal. So we're not just about telling ourselves story. We're about walking out the imagined future that we have or we're about learning from the reconstructed past so that we can both in the in the imagined future and reconstructed past live in the present in the most effective and meaningful way. So I'll leave you with this. Emotional intelligence is a skill that can be developed. You just have to put the effort in to see the change. Let me see that one more time. Emotional intelligence is a skill that can be developed you just have to put in the effort to see the change. Thanks for joining me for the first Skyrocket Leadership Podcast, where we discuss extraordinary leadership for everyday living. I'll see you next time.